welcome to Field Notes, the podcast from Red Wings Horse Sanctuary where we dig a little deeper into the horse care and welfare issues raised in cells of the sanctuary. This week was all about black beauty, so in this week's Field Notes we're taking a closer look at horse care issues which are raised in the novel and parallels with the welfare issues which Red Wings continues to educate horse owners on today. So on this week's Field Notes, I am chatting to Helen, who is our research and policy officer here in the campaigns team at Red Wings and very knowledgeable on all things about beauty, especially because she prepared a talk for Her Majesty the Queen when she came to see Anna's Hall House. And we are going to talk about black beauty and its sort of impact that it had on horse welfare and the impact it's still having today. So Helen, to start us off, I wonder if you can sort of talk us through some of the welfare issues that are highlighted in the book. Sure. Well, I think Anna Sewell, through Black Beauty, does a really good job of raising awareness of overworking and harsh treatment, particularly. They're sort of consistent themes through the book. Obviously, she's not saying that everybody is overworking their horses or treating them harshly. There's very much a comparison between the experience of horses when they have kind handling and thoughtful workload managed by people who are aware of their capabilities compared to those who who have a less sympathetic approach uh, and that's a, a really important theme of the the story but there's also quite a specific campaign if you like in the book she's really concerned about what was called the bearing rein which was a part of horse's harness that um, was used to hold the head up um, which is a really quite an unnatural position particularly when a horse is working quite hard they like to really push their put their head down and push their shoulders into pulling a load and the bearing rein was quite a it was it was highlighted in the book as having no real purpose other than fashion people liked to see horses heads being held really high uh, and Anna Sula clearly cottoned on to the fact that this really wasn't in keeping with good horse welfare and she was really trying to explain to people that it, it wasn't in the horse's best interest and actually didn't get the best out of the horses. And there's also quite a lot of management welfare issues that she raises. She talks about how horses are, uh, are housed or managed, you know, sort of being stabled all the time, as opposed to having turned out in a paddock, being kept alone, as opposed to the, the importance of companionship, having not enough food or the not the right sort of food, not, not good quality food and the impact that can that can have on horses particularly when they are in really really hard work because obviously the time that she was writing about most horses were definitely working horses they had a really important role in almost every aspect of life and and a lot of them did need to work really really hard perfect and with all the issues that's been that you've highlighted obviously the book was published 140 years ago but so do you think it would be pe- easy for people to assume that kind of those issues are less relevant today? Yeah, I do. So, yes, I think um, the role of horses has changed so dramatically in that time frame. Obviously, when Anna Sill was writing, horses were the main form of transport. They were the powerhouse of farming. You know, obviously, we, we use the phrase horsepower when we come to mechanics, and that is derived from the fact that horses were the source of power in, in so much of industry. Uh, transport and and daily life really and that has changed horses are now 
used as a leisure pursuit or a sport so they're used in a very different way and although horses that compete have to be very fit other than that a lot of horses have no real pressure to undertake um, work they're they're ridden rather than driven is another big difference the majority of horses in Anasol's time I think would have been driven rather than ridden but beyond those changes horses are still horses horses as a species have changed very little within that 140 years in terms of evolution 140 years isn't even a blink of an eye so their needs uh, and their relationship with humans is is still crucial and I think that's why the book is surprisingly relevant Um, people might be surprised reading it if they have some insight into horses or, or interest into in that world they might be amazed really how many of the issues are still incredibly relevant today things like just understanding that horses need companionship, that horses need to have turnout. They're not designed to be stabled for most of their life and and stood still, they're mobile animals. And also ensuring that they are treated as horses, although in Black Beauty, obviously, as a a story, Anna has to use artistic licence, if you like, to give Black Beauty the ability to hear human conversations and, and convey them to the reader. I don't think Anna Sewell was being sentimental or, or trying to humanise horses as much as you might think. She's using it as a way to try and get us to see the world from a horse's perspective, which is a really clever and really important approach that was actually really ahead of its time. We're still trying to get people to think about the world from a horse's point of view today. Yeah, I was just about to say, actually, some of the things you listed there, like, you know, the importance of companionship and turnout and things like that, they're issues that yourself, working in the campaigns team here at Red Wings, we're current, you know, we're still currently speaking on those issues and like you say, try to get people to see the world from a horse's point of view. So, yeah, still so timely, even after all this time, isn't it? Definitely. And I think particularly how Anna talks about handling of horses and the sort of treatment mm. that they get on, on from, from humans, how does that compare to sort of modern equitation science and what we understand about horses now with the benefit of all this sort of years of study? Sure, yeah. I mean, there's particularly in recent years, in the past sort of uh, 20, 30 years, there's, there's been a lot more research carried out. So we've got a more evidence-based body of knowledge to draw on, which is, is really beneficial. But yeah, it's it's that's relatively new and it reinforces the evidence for what Anna, I think, understood instinctively a lot of the time. Things such as horses don't respond well to punishment is not an effective way to train a horse. There's one line somewhere where um, she says that by whipping a horse when it's shying, you don't solve the problem, you effectively make it worse. Mm-hmm. And, and she was absolutely spot on. We know that horses don't learn well when they're frightened there are neurobiological reasons for that she wouldn't have known them at the time but she still recognized that kind handling what we call positive reinforcement which is rewarding the horse for the behavior that you do want to see is far more effective not only at achieving the training that you want but also helping you build a positive relationship with that horse rather than them being fearful of you and what you might do to them so yeah there's 
it's amazing really that we we are still having to kind of bang the same drum if you like that Anna was banging all those Mm. years ago um and we've kind of gone almost round in a full circle in a way to come back to some of those questions that she was asking through um, what we term equitation science, which is taking a more scientific approach and focusing on how horses' experience of life enables us as humans to get the best out of them and build mm. the best relationships with them. Yeah, definitely. You've already touched on it, but at the time, Black Beauty caused a lot of people to to really rethink the bearing rein, didn't it? It had a huge impact on how, how that was used. Do you think horse owners today still have anything that they could learn from the novel? I, th- I think so, yes. I think it's, it's, in terms of the bearing rein, I mean, obviously we don't see those today or very rarely um, anything that would be sort of carry out the same job in, even in driven horses. But even just the focus on that particular bit of harness in the book can be broadened out into thinking about what we ask our horses to wear the the positions that we ask them to hold themselves in as they perform a a job for us if you like as as a as a working animal there has been quite a lot of controversy over overbending of horses particularly in the sport of dressage in recent years and and there's had to be some regulations that horses shouldn't be ridden with their with their chin pulled right into their chest Mm. um you know it's really bad for their ability to breathe properly it impedes their airways so it's it's obviously not exactly the same issue but it's a very parallel Mm. issue again it it, like the bearing rein it serves no real purpose it was more of a fashion thing i think about being horses are such strong agile animals and i think people like to be seen to to be controlling this impressive animal um in a particular way yeah and i think um One of the things that really stood out for me in the book is the fact that Anna recognised horses have a psychology. They are not just physical beings, they are psychological beings. They have a mental experience of their life and equine welfare is is made up of what goes on in their brains as much as what in in their bodies. And I think, again, we're still trying to get that message across today and there's a really sort of telling sentence that she where a horse has been whipped and she says something about the black beauty says something about the pain of the whip hurt my mind as much as my sides and I think that yeah that really shows that she is recognizing animals as sentient beings and you know it's a very modern debate there have been legislation brought in in the past couple of years about recognizing animals as sentient beings in the UK and you know Anna is effectively expressing that so yeah rereading the book this year it was incredible really how many of the points that Anna was making seemed not only relevant today but actually really on the finger of of very modern discussions really up-to-date discussions that we're still having yeah as you say from the campaigns team at Red Wings you know they're they're issues that we're flagging all the time yeah definitely and I guess last thing sort of in your in your perspective as someone with such an understanding of of the sort of equine science behind it and things like that why do you think it's such a classic that people still and hold so dearly even today Mm, that's a really good question I think 
she does tell a good story ultimately for any book to to be a classic and and not be out of print for all all these decades it has to be a good story she has to be a good writer and she clearly was but it is that I think she manages a balance between um, telling a good story making an animal a really sympathetic character but without being sentimental Mm. uh, I think it can be really easy for a writer who is putting animals at the heart of their story to slightly over sentimentalize it and she manages not to do that at all and she's also very balanced in how she presents it she puts the animal welfare issues that she refers to in the context of human welfare issues she relates overworking of horses with the poverty of the people who rely on them to make a living who you know are struggling in their own right that there are so many facets to the book that I think it can appeal to multiple people in different ways so even if you're not that up to speed or or that engaged with equine welfare issues there are other aspects of the book that would appeal to you and would keep you turning the pages and and wanting to know what happens um and the the different characters you know everyone sort of talks about ginger and and how a hard life affects behavior and understanding that poor behaviour, unwanted behaviour is not the fault of the horse it's how they're treated how they're handled, how they've learnt to cope in a world that just isn't accommodating their needs and meeting their needs and you you can apply lessons like that to people as well Mm. so um, yeah she was an extraordinarily insightful woman I think it would have been uh, wonderful to have the chance to meet her definitely, I think that's a perfect note to end on there, thank you Helen Helen's conversation has inspired you to reread the classic. You can now purchase one of the special edition copies of Red Wings in the UEA's Black Beauty, where for the first time in the history of the book, money raised from its sale will be directly benefiting horses in need. Head to our website to find out more, redwings.org.uk. Whilst you're there, you can also read more about our campaigning work and sign up to hear the latest news from our campaigns team, so you can join us as we continue our work to promote positive horse welfare in the UK.